Hello, uh, welcome back to Ask a Monk. Some time ago I did a video on what meditation is not, or specifically those experiences that are not insight meditation, or not meditation into um, the nature of reality. So these are sorts of uh, experiences in meditation which on the surface appear to be positive, beneficial, and are generally regarded to be good experiences. But when the meditator follows after them and, and clings to them and uh, becomes attached to them, they take one away from the purpose which is to see things as they are. So these are experiences like states of happiness, states of peace, states of calm, states of, uh, of supernatural knowledge of things far away or, or knowledge of the past, knowledge of the future and so on. Uh, many supposed, supposedly good experiences and in many types of meditation these experiences are considered to be a goal or a, a purpose from practicing meditation. Now in insight meditation our intention is to see reality and understand reality which is our experience of the world for what it is and to do away with our misconceptions and to do away with our misunderstandings. So it's important to understand uh, the, the truth of these experiences and to see them for what they are as simply states of, of emotion or feeling or, or knowledge or experience that come and go and there's nothing uh, intrinsically special about them and if one can take them as simply an experience and, and let them go and move on then there'll be no problem. Now in this video I wanted to talk about those experiences which are insight meditation or are a part of insight meditation but are conversely often understood by the meditator to be wrong practice or to be something a sign that things are going wrong or that one is practicing incorrectly. So we have both sides. On the, the, the other video talked about those things which the meditator uh, misconceives to be beneficial, uh, uh, misconceives to be good practice, proper practice. And here I'd like to talk about those things that the meditator will often uh, understand, misunderstand to be unbeneficial or improper practice or a sign that, that practice is going wrong, when in fact uh, these things are a sign that one is practicing correctly. Now to understand this, it's important first to understand what we mean by meditation, specifically insight meditation. Uh, the, the teaching of the Buddha is based on the fact that inside of all of us we have three things which we would be better off without and uh, w which exist in our mind and are a cause for all of our suffering. These we, in English, we, we translate them as uh, greed, anger and delusion. And these are sort of uh, approximate names for these states. Greed is any partiality for something. Uh, anger is, is a name for any uh, partiality against something. And delusion is the misunderstanding uh, that leads us to, to be partial towards or against, some, against something. So these three things are, 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 are the problem that we are trying to address in the Buddhist teaching or in the, in the insight meditation tradition. Because obviously if you misunderstand something that's not a good thing, but the point is 
once you misunderstand something, it's going to give rise to uh, attachment to to things that are uh, to, to certain things and repulsion from certain other things. And this, so this is how we often li we live our lives, being attached to certain experiences and repulsed by other experiences. And so we're constantly in a state of chasing after some things and running away from certain other things. Now this is a problem uh, because the, as the Buddha pointed out, the, the nature of reality is that nothing is going to satisfy us. There is nothing which we are going to uh, chase after and it's going to bring us peace, happiness and freedom from suffering once we get it, once we attain it. The reason for this is because we have another three things and this, this ties into the experiences that are going to come up in meditation. When we practice meditation correctly, we're going to see reality for what it is. Now, the reason we get uh, attached to certain things and repulsed by other certain things is because we don't see the, the, the nature of reality. We become attracted to certain things based on three characteristics. We perceive certain things in the world to be permanent, we perceive certain things to be satisfying, and we perceive certain things to be under our control. We expect certain things to be this way. We hope that certain things will be this way, and we hope to attain states that are this way, that are permanent, that are satisfying, and that are under our control. Now, the reason why nothing is going to satisfy, is going to ever bring us peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering, is because there's nothing in the world which, which is any of these three things. And this is where our misunderstanding lies. When we talk about the, the delusion part, the misunderstanding part, it's the misunderstanding that we're going to somehow find something that is permanent. We're going to somehow find something that is satisfying. Or we're going to somehow, some, somehow find something that is controllable, that, that we can say belongs to us or is, is ours. Uh, so this is why we give rise to greed. When we uh, see certain things, when we, we are confronted by certain experiences, we conceive of that object to be uh, a source of stability, permanence, um, reliability. We conceive it to be therefore satisfying and, and pleasant and, and a cause for us to, to, to uh, be truly happy and truly at peace with ourselves. And something that we can control, something that we can uh, predict, that will we'll, uh, we'll listen and obey our, our wishes. When we want it to be this way, it'll be this way. When we want it to be that way, it will be that way. When we want it to be, it will be. When we want it to not be, it will not be. Now, the reason, this is the reason why we, we become attached to things and we chase after things, because we conceive them to be this way. We, we gain certain states of pleasure and because we're not looking closely at it, we think, oh, this pleasure is going to last a long time or this pleasure, if I, do, if I work, it will, it will last longer and longer and eventually it will last forever. And so we work and work and work. And eventually we, 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 are, we are dissatisfied, we, we give rise to the other side. So the reason we give rise to greed is, is because we conceive things to be, to be permanent, satisfying and, and, and controllable. But when they are not, when on, on, in fact we, we realize the truth or we, we're confronted with the truth, we're confronted with what we would expect to be a source of wisdom and understanding, so that is, we see things change, we see things disappear and, and, and fall apart, um, we, we see things 
cause stress and, and be uncomfortable. We experience discomfort, we experience suffering and pain and so on. And when we aren't able to control things, when things are out of our control, when experiences, when in reality, when our life goes out of our control, the things around us, even our own bodies, they disobey us and they, they, we lose control of our faculties, our mind, our memory and so on. Just about everything gives rise to, to suffering, or gives rise to, to anger, which is the other side. So the reason why we get angry is because of our experience, our disappointment. We thought things would be permanent and so on, and, and when they're not, we become angry and upset. Also based on our expectation that there is that we should be able to find or our expectation of finding permanent satisfaction and uh, control or uh, mastery or control over over our lives over our reality so so these two states are are, are caused by these expectations now the expectation is the delusion so these are how the three things work if we can remove the delusion the misunderstanding, if we can see things and understand the truth that, that you know, all of reality is impermanent, is unsatisfying, is uncontrollable, if we're able to see this, then there would be no problem. It's possible to live uh, in this world in peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. The point is not to expect things to be other than what they are, because in fact life is like a dance, or it, it has a rhythm to it, and everything is changing. And if you can accept that rhythm, and if you can accept reality for what it is, whenever it, or whatever it is, at any given time, uh, if you can give up these expectations that things should be uh, this way or that way, that there should somehow be some stability, that there should somehow be some you know, satisfaction in an, in an experience, and that somehow experience should be under your control. If you can give this up, then you can live in peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. You, it, it means you have to give up any expectation and any attachment to, to this experience or that experience. So, so this is what we're trying to achieve in insight meditation. and we're, So we're therefore trying to come to understand, simply to see reality for what it is, to strengthen our minds and to create this uh, understanding and this wisdom which allows us to anticipate change and to uh, expect change and that, so that when, ex when change occurs to be ready for it. So once we've seen and experienced change and come to realize that this is the, the core of reality uh, is, is that whatever arises ceases, everything that comes goes, everything is constantly changing and therefore no experience can satisfy us and you, you, you can't expect something to really bring you happiness and you can't expect to find control or, or to be able to control and, and manipulate and dominate and, and uh, be in charge of, of even your own life. If we can let go of all this then we'll be truly peaceful and happy. This is what we're trying to, to, to gain, this understanding. So the problem is when we come to practice any type of meditation we're, we, we bring all of these these ideas, these misunderstandings with us. So involuntarily or sub unconsciously we expect the meditation to be permanent or stable, to be uh, pleasant and, and satisfying and to be controllable. So we expect that 
our, our object of meditation should be all of these things. When we focus on the stomach, we expect that with some work and with some practice, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be constant, so it will be rising and falling constantly and, and smoothly, and therefore it will be pleasant, it will be satisfying, and the meditation will bring us uh, a great amount of pleasure and happiness. And we'll be able to control it. We'll be the ones saying, now rise, now fall, and we'll be, we, our minds will never think, and we'll never wander, and we'll never give rise to uh, any unpleasant situation. Eventually the pain will leave, and we'll be able to sit comfortably, and so on and so on. This is how we look at it. This is what we expect. But we have to understand that this is not the reason, this is not the purpose of meditation, this is not the, um, the, the, the proper goal to the, the true way to find peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. It's just the baggage and the misunderstandings that we're bringing with us. What we're actually trying to do is do away with these expectations, the need for some kind of stability, and the need for some kind of pleasure, and the need to be able to control. What we're trying to do is be able to uh, experience and interact and, and be with reality, whatever it is. And so... Uh, what we're, what we're going to try to do is to um, give up these expectations, to come to see that reality is not what we think it is. And this is what's going to happen when, for instance, as an example, you watch the stomach. If you say to yourself, rising, falling, and just watch the stomach rising and falling, when it rises, rising, when it falls, falling, you're going to see all three of these things. You're going to see impermanence, so sometimes it'll be uh, it will be deep, sometimes it will be shallow, sometimes it will be smooth, sometimes it will be uh, in, in pieces and so on. And uh, you're going to see you're basically that it's changing. You're also going to see sometimes that it's uncomfortable, that there's a f sense of physical discomfort, that the, the rising and the falling because of our clinging to it, because we, 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 we like certain states and because it uh, we see it as being ours, it leads us to, to a state of discomfort. There's the stress in the stomach and, and the tension, and sometimes its breath, breath is not smooth and not comfortable. It's because it's not according to our wishes. And we're going to also see that it, it's not according to our wishes, it's not under our control. So sometimes, uh, sometimes it will go by itself, uh, eventually, in, in, in higher stages, when the meditator gets more clear in insight, the, the rising and falling will appear to go by itself. But in the beginning, this is experienced by actually the feeling that we are controlling our breath, the feeling that we are making it, it this, this misunderstanding that somehow we are controlling it. And that idea of control, or the habit of trying to control things, is going to create a great amount of suffering. This is how we see that it's not under our control, because when we do exert our control, trying to make it rise and fall smoothly, smoothly and saying, okay, now rise, now fall, now rise, now fall, it's going to create stress and, and discomfort. You'll find that when you, when you force it, you'll, you'll conceive, it feels like you're forcing it, you'll see that this is a great amount of stress and suffering. So this is seeing that actually it's not under your control and, and trying to control things is the real, a real source of, of stress and suffering. Now the problem is when these things arise, the first thing the meditator thinks, most meditators think, is something's going wrong. They think that either A, this meditation is no good, or B, they're not practicing it correctly. 
Now it's important to understand that actually a person who realizes these things, who sees this, the, 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 the changing, who sees the discomfort, who sees the uncontrollability of the, the, the experience, this is a person who is starting to understand reality, to see that things the way they are and to change their misperceptions about reality, to open up and to free themselves of these expectations of the dependency on a specific type of experience and the inability to to bear with other types of experience. Once we can experience this, you know, the, which is it's actually quite a difficult thing to do, simply watch the stomach and all of its changes and all of its variations uh, without becoming upset, without becoming frustrated and angry and, 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 and fall into suffering. If once we can do this, then we can experience anything. We'll be able to, you'll find that simply watching the stomach for some time, you'll be able to um, deal with all sorts of difficulty that uh, appear in your life much better. You'll find much greater peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering in your daily life, no matter what arises, no matter what problems you have in your life. So this is the true reason why we're, we're, we're practicing. Now this, this um, talk I'm giving, I wanted to give it for a while, but this is specifically in, in response to someone who had a, a specific uh, experience in after meditation and this this deals with these or it, it has to do with these this idea of, of certain experiences arising because what's going to happen once you begin to see this impermanence this unsat this uh, the, the suffering nature of things and the non-self the inability to control things once you start to see this you're going to start to let go and you're going to start to let go of any concept of things. So instead of seeing um, people as as a person, you're going to experience them as a a set of experiences, a set of phenomenon that arise. So you hear their voice, and you'll take that as hearing, as a sound. When you see them, you'll take that as seeing. So the idea of a specific person falls apart, and you take you you wind up taking people as they are and instead of holding grudges or having expectations where this person has to behave in this way or this person is a bad person and so on you'll take them moment by moment and so whatever they are in that moment you'll respond to that and you'll be able to to you know, deal with them in a wise and impartial manner you'll find yourself free from all of the um, the, the baggage that we carry around with us these these, uh, ven these uh, cycles of vengeance and, and um, the, the feuding and, and so on, all of the problems that we have with people will disappear. All the problems that we have with everything, when you see something that before would scare you, when you experience something that before would make you afraid or, or stressful or stressed or worried, uh, you'll find that you don't take it in that way anymore. You take it for what it is. When you're for instance, in the airplane, when people are, are, are afraid of flying and so on, it's because they conceive it to be much more than it is. Once you start to see things uh, simply for what they are, you give, you give up any attachment to them. You see that they're impermanent, unsatisfying, and uncontrollable. You, you, because you're not clinging to them and saying, oh, this is going to make me happy, or how can I you know, fix this to make it better, um, you, you're going to see it simply for what it is, and you're going to see the, for instance, the experience of flying as a series of experiences, a series of phenomenon, phenomena that, that you experience as seeing or hearing or so on, and, and so sitting in a plane is just going to be exactly what it is, and there's going to be no baggage attached to it, and people are able to 
overcome fear of flying, as an example. Um, arguments that we have when someone's yelling at you and you say to yourself, hearing, hearing, and you're simply aware of it as sound. You, you're, you don't process the sound as good or bad. You simply know what's being said and you're aware of, of the conversation, aware of the things that, that are being said, and, and you take it for what it is. Once you process it, you process it as you know, based on the meaning of the words and you're able to see it impartially. Because again, you don't have any idea that you're going to be able to fix this and make it better when, when bad things occur. You're just going to take it for what it is. You don't have any conception that it's bad. You simply see it as it is. But the side effect here that, that was brought up is that this person said they would look in the mirror and they didn't recognize themselves. And I think this is, this is a, uh, a good um, indicator that this person is actually practicing properly. They have good concentration. So what they're seeing in the mirror is just light. And it takes a little bit of time, or it may not even occur sometimes, uh, that, that this is me, that this is a person. The recognition disappears. Or not exactly the recognition, but the, the seeing occurs in a different manner. Uh, whereas for most of us, when we see something, there's so much baggage that occurs immediately. We like it. And we, first we recognize it, then we like it, or we dislike it. Our minds move so quickly, and in, in a chaotic state most of the time. So we don't even ha have time to stop and, and realize that what we're seeing is light, and, and that it's an experience, and to, to catch what's going on. Once we practice meditation, and we develop concentration, and we're able to see things as they are, uh, we're, we're simply going to experience that for, for light touching my eye and you know, a, a seeing experience that arises and ceases. It's not something out there. When you look in the mirror, you, th you project and think there's a person. But actually it's not. It's light touching the mirror and coming back and touching your, um, coming back and touching your, your, your face or your, your eye. Coming from the face to the mirror then back to your eye or however. And uh, so it, it's important in, in this case, it's, this is, I think this explanation is important to help us to, to avoid this concern that somehow something's wrong. People will go home to their, after meditation courses to their families and their families will become quite upset because their children are no longer you know, clinging or no longer attaching to them. So as a result, there's not as much joy, it seems, not as much affection, and so on. Um, but this is simply because these people don't realize that this form of joy is, is associated with clinging, and it only leads to expectations, and when those expectations are not met, it leads to anger and fighting and, and frustration, and eventually leads to sadness and despair when, when, when there's a breakup. So, so this is, you know, it's natural. The person doesn't make a decision, oh no, I'm not going to attach to you anymore because that's bad. They realize for themselves that there's no reason, there's no good that comes from attachment, from clinging, and that in fact taking things as they are is a much more peaceful state of, of experience, a state of reality. And so they change their way of behaving and their way of approaching uh, their lives and the world around them. So. It, just, uh, just to point, just want to point out in this video the idea that I'd like to point out is uh, there are these certain experiences that we will come across, and we should be uh, open to them, and we should learn to be able to open up to unpleasant situations. It doesn't mean 
that our meditation will always be unpleasant. People can practice insight meditation and have great pleasure and, 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 and happiness, can even have great states of calm and so on. But as I said in the other video, and I'll say it again here, we shouldn't cling to the, the good ones. We should also not cling to the bad ones. And we should not pay any attention or, or put any weight on the fact that we might have, have unpleasant experiences. And that in fact what we're going to realize is that there's no benefit or there's no um, true happiness in any experience. That no experience can bring you happiness if you're not already happy if you're not already at peace with yourself, there's nothing that you will experience that is going to bring that to you. It's only your own um, freedom of mind, your own ability to accept, ability to uh, live with um, change, to live with discomfort, to live with uh, uncon the uncontrollability of the, the universe uh, in peace and happiness and freedom from suffering. Once you come to uh, see these things and under, once you come to understand them and appreciate and accept and realize that this is the nature of reality, then you will find true peace, happiness and freedom from suffering. When these things come up in your meditation, the important thing is to not be discouraged and not be frustrated, to uh, appreciate it and to learn to acknowledge and accept it. So when you have pain, 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 when the stomach is uncomfortable, say do uncomfortable or discomfort or disliking or, or angry or upset and so on. When things are not the way you are, when, when it gives rise to frustration, to be aware of the frustration and to be aware of this the situation. And if you do this and continue on in this way, eventually the frustration will disappear. You, your mind will be forced to accept. Your, your mind will, will be forced to um, give up its misunderstandings. You know, once you see reality, you know, you see the, it's like this again and again and again, eventually the mind is forced to give up this delusion, this idea that somehow it's not like that, the idea that it's, it, it can be different. Once you try and try again, your mind tries to find happiness, clings things, things and realizes that it's only leading again and again to suffering, then the mind will give up and the mind will stop looking for happiness in external objects, in things that have no, no ability to bring uh, true happiness. So, this is a video on basically what insight meditation is. If you practice in this way, it is the path which leads us to see clearly uh, and become free from uh, all suffering and stress. And so I'd like to wish everyone all the best and, and good luck on your path and hope that you too are able to find uh, true insight into the nature of reality and thereby true peace, happiness and freedom from suffering. Thanks for tuning in and all the best.